we can say, um, call a, a child now black, and he's proud of it. But when I was a child, if you called me black, you know, I was insulted. I'm a young black man doing all that I can. White men 50 years ago told my granddaddy that when my daddy got free, things would be better. When he got grown, somebody told my daddy that when I got grown, things would be better. Now I'm grown. Now I have the white boy today telling me that when my children get grown, things will be better. So they'll see that this is just the old trick. You and I live in a country which is supposed to be the citadel of education, freedom, justice, democracy, and all of those other pretty sounding words. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. You're not a human. What the fuck are you, boy? You hear me? Get your ID now. By the time you are 30, by that time you've begun to see it happening in your daughter or your son. Nothing you have done, and as far as you can tell, nothing you can do will save your son or your daughter from meeting the same disaster and possibly coming to the same end. We are in a world of pain right now. African-American man threatening my life. There are no words. Racist people are the best. To describe the depth of pain. I'm detaining you to investigate. That I experience. What is society? Society is a contract. It's a contract that we sign as human beings amongst each other. As with most contracts, the contract is only as strong as the people who are abiding by it. Black American people watch time and time again the contract that they have signed with society is not being honored by the society that has forced them to sign it with them. When you watch Ahmad Arbery being shot and you hear that those men have been released, what part of the contract is that in society? When you see George Floyd on the ground and you see a man losing his life at the hands of someone who's supposed to enforce the law, what part of the contract is that? Imagine the cries from a six-year-old girl that just found out her daddy's been murdered for the world to see. I watched a white officer assassinate a black man and I know that tore your heart out. In this case, the police officer was dealing with a criminal who was resisting arrest. If he had not had asthma and a heart condition and was so obese, almost definitely he would not have died from this. You killed my grandbaby. She was only seven years old. Seems the escalation of these incidents may be a byproduct of a system that's applied unequally and, and with prejudice. You told him to get his ID, sir, and his driver's license. Oh my God, please don't tell me he's dead. Sir, what's going on? Gunshot to the store. She was in her own place. The police shot and killed her. That's murder. Police said McBride was killed looking for help after a car crash. Wow. Get out of the car! Really for a failure to signal. You're doing all of this for Get a over there! The world is harsh. And I just don't got no beautiful stories. And once my life is gone, it's gone. Can't nobody give it back to me. 
They can't do nothing but come to my funeral and talk pretty about how black people suck. That looks like a bad dude, too. That big bad dude, his life white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. Nobody's standing here. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. You're not with us, you're against us. And it's, it's no more pacifying, no more straddling the fence. I had to come here and let my voice be heard. Y'all coming with a better way? Because we ain't doing it. Oh my God. And I have a five-year-old son. Oh and it ain't happening. When you talk about the masses of black people, the precious poor, brown, red, yellow, whatever color, they feel so thoroughly powerless, helpless, hopeless, then you get rebellion. I wish that the things could be better for the Negro people. If you are a black person, walk out on the street every day seeing white policemen surrounding you. I was constantly stopped. And then you ask me whether I approve of violence. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. True evil is seeing something that's bad and having the power to change it, but do nothing about it at all. I'm going to change it. Like, I'm going to tell people about this. Obviously, I'm just one person. I can't change the world. But I can change a couple of people that I know. If this is what's going on in our country, it's your responsibility and it's my responsibility to put a stop to it. It's not the victim's responsibility to put a stop to it. How does a 16-year-old black male in America get respect? How do you learn to survive and adapt in a hostile environment? That's what black people have done all this time. And sometimes we heal crooked. Our correspondent, Omar Jimenez, being arrested. The only way to make anything better is to fix a broken system. Cops need to be held accountable. Jail, life. If you were on hand and you didn't stop that sister's murder from happening, you get time too. We don't need an officer that makes a mistake once, twice, three times, and finally he kills a boy on national TV, and the next thing you know, the country is burning down. We don't need anybody to tell us to stand up anymore. Not only are we going to stand up, we're going to right the wrongs of our people in this generation. Right the 
Next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your pocket to jail and you know it was bullshit. Put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. We could vote for mayors. We could vote for judges and we could also vote for district attorneys. These people that are in power, they have power where you live at. It's up to you to couple every protest with organizing and mobilizing and voting. I love and respect you all. We must plot, we must plan, we must strategize, organize and mobilize. Talk to me, brother. What's good? Uh, you know how it goes. Living and breathing, we're still out here. Can't really complain too loudly. Nah, not even. Not even. What are you saying, man? What's popping, man? What's popping, baby? Uh, you know what? It's been a little bit of a strange week. I'll be honest with you. You know, it's just obviously uh the. I'll go back to around the time we recorded last week, right? Right. And, you know, seeing what I saw, which was the the protests that had happened around the country, but particularly here in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at a lot of people that I know, um, that I actually respect, even though they may not know that. You know, they're out there at a time where it's risky for them first and foremost you know uh, as black people mm-hmm. being 40% more likely to catch anything that's going out out there yeah. they they took that informed decision to go out and show solidarity and, and show that they are tired and tired and tired of waiting for people to do the right thing on their mm-hmm. behalf they, they take matters into their own hands they stand standing for their own rights yeah only to turn around and see that a, a, a significant part of the quote-unquote community that we call British basketball has been chastising them on social media for that and you know following on from that all the way throughout the week yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 been you know part frustrating, and but also I I appreciate because I'm the type of person I like to know a person's true being. Like there's there's so many people that are you know faking it. Yeah. For whatever their agenda is, I don't care. But you know that's that's actually most people. To be honest 
Yeah. But having this happen, while it caused me to get, you know, super defensive of, of, of those people I saw out there I'm talking about. You know, we had Ryan Bailey, Dom Allen, Lauren Thomas Johnson, Ryan Lewis, Mike Number, Rinzi, Wesley, Kayem. You know, people I've known for a long time getting attacked by people who you would according to what they say you would assume would have their backs especially over this issue yeah. that caused me to get defensive but at the same time I'm glad they did it because we know where you are we know who you are now yeah and had a conversation about that on the Below the Room podcast um, it's up on YouTube um, some of you may have seen it some of you may have not I might, I'll throw a link out there but like considering everything that's happened everything you've seen regarding um the the protest as it as it were like what what have you seen and what what has it caused you to think um well i've been kind of moderating over the over the last week or so like yourself um and um i've been seeing you know i've been seeing different things in regards to the protest what it stands for how it's gone about and um, to be honest I would say majority of it is done in, in, in the best ability possible some of it's kind of kind of gone out of context in a sense but I wouldn't say it was the agenda so obviously in London you know that they've been dealing with the, uh, the far right situation uh, where they've been going up doing the protests and obviously uh, the big issue about the Churchill statue and 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 um, what people's views are, what it stands for, etc. Um, which I feel like a lot of people are ill-advised, and they 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 lack the knowledge to, oh, and the history to know exactly what Winston Churchill was about um, in his time and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously it's it's marred by the the violence or the fightings, um, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. So there's a major divide in regards to what's been happening down there. Um, on some part of London, some part was really peaceful. Um, Manchester, Sheffield, I feel like they've done fantastic strides to kind of do it in the right way. Um, to do it in the right way. So I feel like, you know what I mean? There was a way that shown that, that could have been, that, that was uh, shown which it could have been done the right way. And was and you know what? One of my players actually, she actually had an interview on BBC um, for three minutes. Um about the protest that she had in Sheffield, so to Shinga, uh, shout out to you for that. That was absolutely fantastic. You know, what I mean, it, it blew my mind. Um, and she's done some poetry about her as well, like that. So, like I said, in it for, for what it stands for, I feel like it was a, a fantastic gesture. How they went about it, I think it was a fantastic gesture. But the other side of it is the fighting and stuff like that. Um, it was quite disappointing to see. Um, I don't know if you saw that picture, that which is a, a priceless photo of something that was happening in London when the the, the 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 hooligans was getting picked up by the black guy. Did you see that? Yeah, I've yeah, seen that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's... That's the kind of thing that gets missed, right? Yeah, that that's exactly what gets missed. And like I said, I think in itself, it speaks a million words, you know, in regards to what people's perception was and what it actually is. Um, yes it does but here's the the problem that you have so basically what we're going to end up talking about here is 
hypocrisy right so when everything happened last weekend all you hear is negativity really from the the people who report this stuff right yeah lockdown um our levels second wave that's all you heard right yeah now it's not for me to sit here and say to you that none of that is true none of that matters right but like you said context matters yeah we're speaking about a protest causing a second wave after weeks and weeks and weeks of people meeting up on beaches in parks yeah all kinds of places Mm -hmm, right and that's considering that you know this data always has a lag of about two weeks right so if you were going to want to blame a second wave of coronavirus if it were to happen on anything how did you single out uh last week's activities for that um and miss out everything that had gone on before right the other thing is no not one person has spoken about our rates and a second wave at all this weekend yeah right i saw um a video that sky news posted on their twitter about a half hour ago right and the editing is mad first the first frame on the video is one of them hooligan man on the floor bleeding up blood leaking down his face so that's the first image you've seen on the video straight away yeah it's called this is framing the narrative yeah yeah the next frame after that is a bunch of black faces shouting at the police Right, yeah. so you already see where this is going. Yeah, 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 of course. Right, and you know, I'm, I, I like to think a thing through when I see stuff like this. Every single frame where there is a black person, mm. uh, you need to understand how video editing works. The volume is actually louder on the re- on the on the video in those moments than any other. Actually, mm-hmm. some moments where there's no black people, it's almost quiet, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of activity going on. How is it quiet, though? See, right, well, from what, see, from what Sky is uh, posting, from what they're posting, and what I can personally, you know how social media works, isn't it? So whatever they're saying there, you know, I know, um, we're receiving, well, even me being from London, and, and knowing people in London, I've received about 30 videos, okay, of live mobile footage that shows way more than what they're trying to detail in these uh, these little pictures and stuff like that. And we're forgetting to mention that on these protests, it's not just been black people that's been doing this. You get what I'm saying? It's not just black people that's been doing it. It's been white people as well, Asians, different diversities coming together. And, and walking for something that's right. So for them to turn around and show a footage or a documentation or any form of evidence that it's only black people that's that's writing, um, 
is, 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 is excessive, is extreme. You know what I mean? I've got videos right now that I can show you, you know what I mean, and send you of the other side of it, which was these uh, hooligans or these far right people that's fighting the police. You know what I mean? Full up fighting the police. Yes, you know there's, there's a video, I'd say probably the most popular one that's going about, where it's a line of police and these guys are right in their face and one guy first yeah. of all why are you punching someone that's wearing a helmet that's number one yeah i've got it i've got it number two imagine a day when any black man can punch a policeman in the head and the policeman's response is calm down it won't be calm no we know it won't be calm it won't be calm and that's for me that's a problem to to know that the, the reaction is automatically so different you know what I mean in regards to is, is it almost effect, like it's almost offensive or it's an unspoken thing that should never happen you know what I mean like why do you tolerate such things from one race and from other races it's zero tolerant so I did a lot of research over the week you know because right it's, it's the easiest thing to just dismiss someone you're a racist you're an idiot you're scum of the earth fuck off gone mm-hmm. but like I think, <laughs> as funny as this sounds, there's there's quite a few different flavors of racism out there. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, there's loads. There's the old school, you know, Captain Caveman, just fuck all the niggas, burn them, you know, them man there. Yeah. Then there's, you know, your your old your, your older white person who just fears black people for no reason yeah then there's these guys I was listening to this guy on um, an interview right and I had to listen to it three times because the first time I was like let me hear what this waste man has to say because of the title I used to be a racist you know yeah. off the bat you know like it, it just sounds like some bullshit so the first listen I thought I'm probably not, you know, being fair as a listener here. So I went back and listened to it and listened to it again after that. And here's what I got from it. You know, without telling the whole story. He's basically saying, you know, he lived and grew up in a rural part of England, which is most of England, right? We see London, Birmingham, Manchester, these places here, because that's what we know. It's not necessarily representative of what this country is. Yeah. Right? Especially in terms of population distribution and the makeup of that population. The demographics are very different, particularly if you look at London, right? And certain parts of London. Yeah. Where he grew up, he said, is a place where. There are there are no black people. He doesn't come across it. Yeah. Alright. It's a deprived town. Nothing happening there used to be manufacturing all this stuff that's long gone. And like right around the time when he would have been leaving school, maybe starting to work, right? Yeah. All that vanished. And the thing he said actually he said his parents actually grew up preaching ev- any everything against racism but yeah. here's the problem he's down on his luck he doesn't think a lot of himself 
think the world is an awful place, right? Mm. Here comes somebody telling you because of where you live and the color of your skin that you are automatically better than everybody else. That's going to make you feel good. Mm. And human nature, you will hold on to anything that makes you feel good. Naturally. It takes a lot of strength to let things go, Michael, when when they make you feel good. Yeah, of course. So that's that's happened to him, and he's carried this feeling with him. It's, he's he's floating on cloud nine. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. So not only is it that you're better than them over there simply because you're white, yeah, but now you're better than other white people because you're British. Right? Mm. Now you're better than even some other white British people because you're a patriot. You stand up for your country. They yeah. hate Britain. They think something's wrong with Britain. You don't you think Britain's awesome. Yeah. Right? All of that going on in your mind, that that crazy kind of manipulation. And then here comes the finisher. Whilst you've got all that going on, you're being told all of this. They then turn around and tell you that that lot are coming to take away and end even this little bit that you've got. Yeah. So what's going to be the result of that? Well, we know what the result's going to be. <clears throat> and I'm not going to lie, that spun me for loops. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I obviously don't know that the, this is how it goes for a lot of people in that part of the world, in the country. But it makes perfect sense. Because when you, you know, you look at shit like the UK, BNP, EDL, yeah. Brexit party there, man. Like, and you look at a vote, an electoral map. It's yeah. crazy that some of the most deprived areas are the ones voting most for the people that would deprive them more but they don't see it as being that a, a few decades ago yeah. where workers at a certain company in the UK were given uh, the opportunity to vote on whether or not um, wages would go up right yeah they you know they voted not to get wage rises. Really? Here's why. How it was presented to them by whoever was representing upper management in these, not in the meetings, but in conversations that you get in the corridors and places like that, right? Yeah. It was presented to them in this fashion is that you will be handing more money to these black people when you vote for pay rises so yes. that became in their mind the focal point and they forgot that it's the same pay rise for themselves that they're voting down they stopped thinking about the fact that it's not it's not a pay rise just for these black people it's a pay rise for everybody 
But yeah. in their mind, that's how it had been framed that you're handing more money to these black people. So they literally starved themselves of money that they deserve so that these black people don't get it. Not realizing that that was their own money they voted against. Ain't that yeah. crazy? That's crazy, man. And it's crazy the, 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 the fact that people would actually cut their nose off to spite their face like that. Like, like this shit actually happens. And you like when you when you 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 get to thinking and understanding the mental manipulation that goes on behind it. Mm. It's like I don't have shit, and you're telling me he wants to come and get my little bit now, Bunda. Uh, yeah, sure. man. So obviously, again, for a long time, and actually for as long as I've known. You know, I've heard people blaming racism on the struggles of the working man. He deprived of this. He's, he doesn't get this and that. Yeah. So it's, it's frustration on jobs. It's frustration on economics. As if racism started in the working class. <laughs> really? Come on, man. Come how on. Working pla- how many working class people had ships to sail to Africa to kidnap Africans to take them to the Caribbean. Hmm? Can't say there was many. <laughs> I, I want to know which working class that is because I'm trying to be in that. They got money. Yeah. Can't say there was many. Which working class person had money to go and colonize most of a continent? Steal the resources rape the people over there yeah so you see what happens so it's a much more insidious thing that's going on here where now on a, on top of racism they've taught working class people to hate working class people that's wrong it's a long game it's a long yeah. game like it, it, there's so many different layers to it it's actually mad you know so it, it's it's one of those things where I, I had to sort of discipline myself to to take in what I was hearing from this guy yeah and try and understand what he's telling me and obviously you're saying that you know once he went to like a larger metropolitan area and he's meeting these people that he's being told are so evil and they want to end your existence as you know it hang on they're not like that yeah so but then that what it did is also it added another layer of bafflement to me where I was like so you know the races that always turn around and say I've got a black friend yeah oh uh. Me, you know like, actually do have a black friend right yeah and they're still racist so do you think that this is the only black man in existence that's like that the rest of us are animals you found the one black person that's good right that, that's that's what you did mm. you know that's what I'm like, saying yeah that's see that I've got a black friend that becomes like the biggest default statement for anybody that has some form of uh, 
racist or stereotypical thoughts in their mindset or, 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 or anything like that. Um, but like I said, that doesn't, like you said, it doesn't mean that they're not just because they're saying that, yeah, we've got a black friend, they're not racist and stuff like that. There's relationships like that. People like, you know what I mean? Might say, yeah, I dated a black guy, but it doesn't mean that you don't. You could, I mean, you don't have anything against okay, them. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about them ones there. You know what I mean, bro. I know. Now, you know what I mean, this is now a whole different thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know, because I know, there's people out there that will sit there and stand and say, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm for the Black Lives Matter. But then you'll sit there as yourself, as a person, and kind of label a black person something that they're not, or see them in a certain way. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, so, that, that, this is a, uh, a very, like, annoying thing that happens. You black men, yeah, you don't understand that you are fetishized. You're not loved. A lot of the time, listen, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people who genuinely genuinely will love you and all that kind of stuff there right but it only takes paying a little bit of attention especially to language i say it to you guys every week on this podcast language matters the very second you hear someone say i love brown babies dead them (laughs) dead that person that is a fetishist like they they don't see you. They see your ability to produce mixed race children with a white woman, which is them. Right? So in any situation where it pops off where it looks like they're defending you, do you know that they, they feel like they're defending property? Like, does that make sense in your head now that you've heard what you just heard? No, I hear what you say. I see how, I see how it is. You know what I mean? And, I mean, it's, not, just, and it's not saying it's I everyone. Can't, I can't abide it. Sorry, I can't abide it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying. But like, look, just, just, to get, just to get a record straight, we're not saying it's everyone. In it. Like, it, it, nothing is every, there's nothing that is everybody. Yeah. But yeah. like I say, listen to what people say and spot this language. Yeah. It's just about, yeah, like you said, it's just about the wording and the pronunciation and how they approach the situation. Like everything is more or less kind of coded to a direction, isn't it? You know what I mean? Of what you're trying to get out of that conversation or what you're trying to put into it. So, yeah, it's... Uh... Case, that was a good segue you just threw in my direction. <laughs> Let's but talk it's, about it's, coded it's... language here. My favorite proponent of coded language right now, Madam Home Secretary Pretty Patel. Mm. Christ Almighty, man. Like, I've made it my business to pay super close attention to this woman, right? (laughs) And I had an epiphany. I mean, I knew this really, but you know, this solidified it. Pretty Patel, and this, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people like her. The problem is the position she's in. She hates 
everything about where she is from and the way she believes people view her because of it if she were to embrace it right knowing she knows trust me like she is not a stupid woman trust me when I say this Mm. she knows the history of Great Britain in the Indian subcontinent she knows everything that happened there she probably knows Churchill's views on Indians better than anybody you speak to and that's always in her mind when she's interacting with anybody that looks like someone that would hold those views yeah and she's going to do any and everything to disassociate herself from that heritage yeah as opposed to fight for it you know what i'm saying because it's easier and it's more beneficial you know what i'm saying yeah but she said it herself these are her own words her immigration policy right when it was put to her that this same policy that you want to enact would have excluded your parents from being able to emigrate to the United Kingdom from India she she knew that and she had no problem carrying on with it she knew it and accepted it as as a necessary reality in other words I don't really want too many more of you coming over here because I want to be around you. That's bad, man. This and the thing, like I said, there's so many more like her. Mm. And when you hear Matt Hancock when he's asked about the, the diversity or lack thereof, oh I'm my God, I've never to say. <laughs> Go on. I've never known a man to dodge an answer for so long, you know, and go like literally just went totally around the answer as much. But you know what? You can tell that when he when he was asked the question, right? You can tell. Oh, he fell. Bro, he like, oh shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I think we've been uh, more diverse than we ever been. Because he, he was ready for the, you know, the usual one. He thought she was going to continue from where he heard the key word, black. He was yeah. waiting for and minority ethic. He had that answer ready. Yeah. But when she stopped there, black, he was like, raw clutch. Bro, it's like her body got took his body got taken over by a wobia blood. It's like, I was like, this guy is. He knows after that interview right there. It's not after, bro. Who, who took him serious in the first place? But I digress. So even though they will wave at you and say this is the most diverse, cap- <laughs> let me tell you something. And this is what we all need to understand and think about when this, these things happen. Yeah. Think about in the Bush administration, you had Condoleezza Rice, you had Colin Powell. You've got um, what's this brother? Housing and Urban Development. Um, I don't know. Ben Carson. Yeah. Guys like him. First and foremost, I want you to understand this. They were not hired.
because of what they look like. No, it's, it all goes back to what we said in, the, in one of our early episodes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know what These I mean? people were hired for their politics first and foremost. That was the number one criteria. Mm. Right? Now, if that is the number one criteria, now you have to look at how this benefits people. Not that the door is open. Who opened the door? Because, let's rewind this tape here. Who on the plantation was in charge of keeping all the niggas in line? Was it a white man or was it a black man? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The head enforcer on the plantation was a black man. Yeah. And he got to live in the main house. Yeah. You get to be in the cabinet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Had they not held these political beliefs and look like how they do, are they getting hired for that position? Exactly. No. So knowing that Pretty Patel will be very happy to enact these policies, knowing that Rishi Sundak will be very happy to enact his policies, Oh, by the way, they're also brown, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, get them in, get them in. That's a bonus point. Of course. <laughs> Listen, bro, you're going to have to wake up very, very early in the morning to get, man. Can't one up great, you know. <laughs> Can't one up great. Can't one up great. It's, it's, it's disappointing. Like, I don't understand it. Like... Don't get me wrong, I'm the first one to call out my people when time is need- needed. Yeah. And my people call me out when time is needed. They're the first ones to do it, and they do it more harsh than anyone else would. Yeah. Right? But, when it is a case of I can go left or I can go right, if on the left, if I have a choice, and it's a fair choice, if it's even close, I'm staying where my people are at. That's not being anti anybody, it's being pro black people. Yeah. Because let the census tell you it's not a lot of us. Even though I think the numbers are a little bit dodgy still. Three <laughs> percent, yo? No, that's a bit. It's a bit shaky. You know what I mean? Like, it's a bit shaky. That, that's, that's about one and a half to 18. Well, one and a half to 1.8 million. I don't know, bro. <laughs> it just feels like more. That's terrible. <clears throat> 1.8 million out of 60 something million. Like, can you understand the pressures involved there? You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, bro. And. I'm not going to talk about this whole thing. Like, um, shout out to young man Kieran Jones. He's from uh, Stoke on Trent. He basically put out like a timeline of his experiences with authority since he was in school yeah. up until now. Um, 
uh, I'll post a, a link to that and you know it's just you know even from a young age he's been a threat while he's doing nothing you know them ones there yeah yeah uh, no it's I went out all well too well too too no all too well sorry I know all too well crazy man crazy but yo listen wait if you if you people listening out there feel like there's anything we're off point on or anything you need to educate us on or something I just missed happy hit to us listen. up yeah we're happy this is, it's an open forum this is this is just us talking we're talking to you you're listening we appreciate that but it's not a one way street you got something to give send through send through alright you know the one case drop that thing there that development case Case. <laughs> no, I'm not telling you that I've already because you know what I messed it up again I messed it up again <laughs> you, uh, again I'm going to tell you say it, say it first and I'll tell you when I messed it up oh god at them man underscore pod it's the underscore that gets you in it yeah yeah and myself at coach MGM any time of day trust me man don't sleep like that yeah I, I messed it up the other day so obviously you know I uh, went on a uh on a episode of a new upcoming kind of visual podcast with um, my, one of my ex-players, um, Clive Castillo, from University of Westminster uh, basketball program called That's the Coach. That's British pronunciation, yo. <laughs> Let it go in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's got a he's got a kind of platform now. It's called the uh, the Coach's Call. Um, and obviously he gets different people on it and speaks to them and about their basketball journeys and stuff. So I did the first episode and we were speaking about it and at the end he's like, yeah, do you want to say? So I've gone on it and at the end and I'm like, yeah, just follow the, the podcast and I'm like, dead man dear. So at dead man dear underscore podcast. <laughs> bro, what you need to do is, number one, get a post-it and stick it, right? Bro, I don't know why I didn't just look at my phone and, you know what I mean, read it on my phone, you know what I mean? Because obviously I was just trying to make the, the thing more... Uh, natural in terms of the environment so um but yeah i messed up there man but it, you need it to get your fairness, reps in bro you need to get your reps in i know i know i know i know but like i said in all fairness the, the actual thing was a good experience it was, it was a beautiful opportunity to get to kind of tell my path and put it out there and see what i've done what my journey is and obviously for other people so i believe he's gonna there's gonna be your opportunity up there to shine shortly sir um yeah i'll actually be talking to Clive this coming week uh, Thursday morning so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm quite intrigued looking forward to it and you know um, I'm not I'm not that much of an interesting person to talk about myself like that but he seems interested so yeah man no, this is like I said it's a really good platform so like I said in it, to be honest I didn't think because even when I started putting it out there I didn't think I get so much responses and you know you know what it is in the podcast and interviews and stuff a lot of people look at the time and say nah nah that's a bit you know what's mad it's a bit long <laughs> I'm the opposite I don't like short podcasts the longer the better yeah I think podcasts now at first when I heard about podcasts I looked at the time and I was like I was like that both people and I said you know what now but now as I get into them and I listen to them more, you know what, like I said, it's insightful. But then you know what part of me feels like? You know like when you're in a taxi or you're at your grandparents' house and they just got the radio with the news, bro? <laughs> and 
and just listening to the news, nothing else. That's what I feel like now. But it's insightful stuff, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's good yeah. to hear people's words and their views about things that they see going on in the world. You know what I mean? I think it's a fantastic situation. So, the, the reason listening to podcasts works so well for me is working on a computer, right? Yeah. And I don't watch TV and that. It's, just, it's long for me. You already know that. Spoke, spoke about that on the episode where we uh, reviewed Knots and Crosses. That's the that's the latest thing I've watched on TV. TV, a little bit of Netflix here and there, but I work a lot on my PC. I'm isolated, right? Regular hermit. Say again. You're a hermit. Look, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like I got headphones on even when I'm working around other people. Just you know, I don't want noise. Not that I don't want noise around me. I don't want bullshit noise. I don't want to talk about your night out on Sunday or Saturday. I don't want to talk about the pub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, music-wise, I like what I like. But if I got a playlist that's like from uh, like an actual one playlist from 1997 until now, same same playlist. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like that's well. Why should I segregate my music like that? Okay, I've got my genres. Yeah. Got my grime, got my US rap, uh, don't do drill. Don't do what? Don't do drill, bro. Okay. Bro, it's bare gun violence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, bro. So, don't always feel like listening to music. So, if I listen to podcasts, I actually feel like I'm in a conversation with the people that's speaking. Yeah. When I'm listening to them. And I don't want to be changing podcasts every 25 minutes, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. the longer the better for me. Oh, that's fair, man, and I hear that, man. Like I said, I've, I've got more into the podcast situation. I think it's good. Enough. Like, there's so many out there now with different views and different opinions and different topics. Um, so there's, there's one for everyone, I guess. There's one for everyone. Some spooky ones out there, like the true crime ones and vampire shit. Fuck that. Yeah, see, that's but that's catered to, to you know. What I mean, you've got those people that are kind of interested in those kind of worlds, like you know. What I mean, even come on, bro. Like you know, like uh, you know those platinum gaming worlds where they go into these these realms and stuff like that, Dungeons and Dragons type shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, there's, there's, there's a bit of everything for everyone. Oh, you know what I mean, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good, man. You know? Yeah man. Um, me and you have to fight for a quick minute. I go. What are we fighting about? The fact that you called me the other day, very disrespectful. Very <laughs> <laughs> disrespectful. Bro, we apologize. I apologize. Did I not apologize? I apologize. I I apologize. The only reason why I apologize. Because I think I see how you saw it, and then I know how I saw it. You know what? I don't care, bro. Like it's my thing in it. Like I'm just saying in it. Like it's mad in it. Like right. Before I start, yeah, go ahead and state your case to the people. Cause I ain't got no case. Basically, I saw a video. You know what I mean? And the guy was talking about goat shit. Like you know, if you say goat to not a lot of people, we know goat as in. Greatest of all time. You get me? Roach, yo. This guy was on some goat shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this motherfucker case, yeah? <laughs> he was on some goat shit. <laughs> he 
he's gonna tag me in some bullshit. Set me back about a, a smooth, smooth 150 years. <laughs> and you know, it's one of them things there where I had to shoot the messenger because I didn't have to see this. This guy is on the gram talking about I'm a goat, man. <laughs> So, you know what my problem was with the video, right? I'm not gonna lie, like I said in it, when I saw it, I was like, I had to listen to it a few times. What was he saying? He's a goat. But then it's alright saying you're a goat. I was like, alright, maybe this guy is trying to claim a title. I'm a goat. But then he had the goat around his neck, bro. Can we just talk bro, about cruelty to animals? Him, bro? bro, can we just talk about cruelty to animals? Why has he got the goat around his neck? Like, don't talk about cruelty to animals, bro. Let, let that have been a Jamaican, that motherfucker would have been in the pot. Bro, ain't no, it don't matter if he's in the pot, blood. He's gone to a good cause, but having it around your neck like a chain, blood, what is he telling him, blood? I'm a goat. And you know the thing is, right? Who? What was his name? Cyril? I don't fucking know. Prince Cyril. Bro. bro, who gave him? Like, who get, who authorized this? Prince Cyril, yeah? Bro, every man's got an iPhone these days, bro. He did it himself. Prince Cyril, like, who said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to fuck with you on this and say, you know what? This looks dope. Like, yeah, I can see your vision. It's, like, we got to keep it 100 with our guys, innit? Bro, I don't think it's a good idea what you're doing. You know what I mean? Your $200 plastic gold chain. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You know what? The part that really got to me is that you tagged Nat, and I knew why you did that. <laughs> I knew why you tagged her. No, I'm just saying that she she understands. She understands. Oh no, she's just looking for an opportunity to corn me because, you know, <laughs> when I send her them videos of the bread is jumping off the speakers and that. Bro, no, I'm not gonna be the first. But I'm not gonna be the one that sits there and says, you know what, like you see Caribbeans or Jamaicans, if you wanna call it them, Caribbeans. Sorry, look at them because I'm gonna get slated for that. Caribbeans, uh, especially with Jamaicans when they do their their, their, their road parties and the excessive dancing, they take it to some next. They take it to some. They take it. To some, <laughs> they take it to some next level. You get what I'm saying? And I'm, no, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm. Oh my, this is first time one of my brothers took me to off a yard party like that, bro. I was like, bro, I wanna go. <laughs> I ain't got this kind of energy. Bro, it's it's too much energy, though. It's too much. Every every flipping 15 seconds, man's locking off the track to shout something. Kuda, 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 kuda. Like, bruv, yo, like, let the track run. Gets like that, though, innit? You know what, before, you know that, like, you know that like, you used to go to raids and stuff like that, you hear a good tune, you might have weed up once or twice, and then that would be the end of it. Nah, bro, like six, seven, eight, nine times now, that's it. You know what I mean? The song's not even finished. So he, he, the guy will wheel it up so many times. I don't believe any Jamaican knows how a song ends. Bro, this is what I'm trying to say. You build up so many times, it no longer becomes a song. Uh, it's, it's just something completely different now. It's a bit of a... And the selectors then, we don't even know your skills, because the one skill I know is how you <laughs> wheel it up, bro. Like, let me hear you scratch something a little bit, bro. Alright, but see, you have to understand, innit? Like, you see, a selector is different to a DJ. Mm. I see a DJ in Jamaica, in, a DJ is... Singer. Right. Uh, yeah, so Bounty Killer, Beanie Man, that's DJ, you get what I'm saying? A selector is someone that just spins the records, you know what I mean? It's not like a like the American DJ, like Premier or um, um, 
Don't say his name, bro. Don't say Ashton's name, bro. I don't want to hear that shit. Alchemist and all that. It's not like these guys. Like, you know what I mean? They guys have produced beats. These selectors are just, you play songs. It's all about the clash, bro. Like, the clash. You see, back in the day, the clashes, everyone that knows, and that's in my area, all the clashes with Bates, Odyssey, Stone Love, Kilimanjaro. See those? We used to thrive on those tapes back in the day. It was big. You know what I mean? You get dub plates, 10 inch glass, that man would get first and last. You know what I mean? This man and all that, bro. It's so crazy. Yo. I beg you say them names again. What? Kilimanjaro. And who came before that? Base Odyssey. And Stone Love. Why did you just age yourself like that? Bro, it is what it is, bro. That's my error, innit? I don't care. Bro, if you know it, you know it, innit? Like, Base Odyssey, Kilimanjaro. A man just look it up, innit? I know who they are. Bro, you see the sound thing? It's not even like it started there, but you got you got claps that sounds in, in China, in Italy, bro. <laughs> like don't sleep, you know. You got sounds in China, in Italy, sledgehammer in them, man. Bro, sledgehammer from Italy, you know. Sledgehammer's from Italy, bro. Yeah? Bad. Now you're taking it a little bit too deep for man. I don't know them, what is Yo, I'm telling you. Yeah. What was my first track that I liked? Dancehall. Trying to remember. I think it was a Ward 21 song. Might not know nothing about that, you people out there. Ward 21, Zebra, aka Scalily. I'm telling you right now, but you can't. You can't yes, see so. But yo. Anyway, yeah, I. I, I Fuck you for that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. Like the, the music's evolving. Like you know what ever got me about like the, the, especially with Jamaican artists, like bro, how? Because they don't put out albums like that, innit? they do. No, it's, it's it's rhythm albums. Yeah, they do singles. So I'm thinking, how does some one man write so many singles, bro? Being all jump on the same beat, bag a man on the same beat, and you decide which one you like, bro. That's what it. That, that but that's what it was, isn't it? Like you don't, you jump on it. You know, what I mean, obviously, some people that saw the clash the other day with Brian Killer and Beanie Man. You know, what I mean, there was on the East Indian rhythm. Yo, the East Indian rhythm. Now, where did they get these names from, bro? Katana. <laughs> the world wow, bubble. Yo. You got Belias. Broken buckle. Jeez Louise, man, that's going back to the night. Is there a broken buckle? <laughs> Telling you, bro. Uh, so what happens is you learn. Actually, I learned from that that you know, obviously, when you're making music, especially bass influenced music like dancehall, with grime, rap, beat matters. But even if a track has a banging beat, yeah. The artist can be dead. Yeah, that's true. So when you hear like a rhythm that like, yo, this rhythm I run, you know, you're liking it, and then the one guy comes on talking about I wanna win like oh hold on, brother, come on, what was that? What was that? You have to lock off the track, go to the next one. So if you see someone getting successful off a track with a nice beat and you like the song. He's a part of that, bro. Because if he was dead, you would know. 
telling you, man. But, but that's what, yeah, but it happens in all genres, isn't it? Like, even. But that's where Nas is a failure, bro. That's, that's what happens in all genres, because you get guys that are on beats that you feel like they shouldn't be on. Like, uh, yes, here it is. What's your example? You know what I'm gonna say? A man can get mad at me, and I don't think that clip should have ever been on that grinding beat. I don't give a damn. That's how I feel. I'm gonna disagree with that simply because. Nah. But oh, wait. Kiss my ass. So what? Was <laughs> yeah, bro. We did. We did. Yeah, crazy, bro. Kiss my ass. So what? <laughs> Very aggressive. Like, thing about Pharrell, especially in his earlier years, yeah? Mm. He had this thing where he made certain instrumentals specifically for who he had in mind. Yeah, and I respect that. Don't mean that they were banging on it, bro. It's not it's not like now where you make you make a beat and sell it to whoever. That's not how it was. Like, think about this one, Super Thug, N-O-R-E. Can you imagine anyone else on that? That shit's hella noisy, man. I don't give a damn. That that beat is the noisiest beat I've ever heard. No, let me tell you. Shit. Let me tell you a track that's literally noise, and I've got nothing but hatred for this song and the man that produced it. Um, the producer Sean Garrett, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sean Garrett. Nah. He's a smooth singer, bro. <laughs> Listen, the guy fucked up on this track. It's a Nicki Minaj song called Massive Attack. It's nothing but noise the whole way from first second to the end. I'm like, what were you thinking? Hate noise, man. That, that, that super fuck was noise, bro. That was pure noise, bro. Like, it was a banger. But it banged, but, but Massive Attack is just noise, bro. Yeah. And it's got no structure to it at all. So Sean Garrett, you're a pagan for that. <laughs> Sean Garrett should have just stuck to the singing thing. Like, you know what I mean? He was trying to be that sexy body little singer thing. Kind of didn't oh, work thought, out. I thought he was... Uh, what's, what's the the guy who was on the Ja Rule track? Living it up. Up, no, the living it up track. Oh, easy, bro. I'm not. I'm not having that, bro. That's 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 sensitive, right there, bro. You know he was <laughs> Well, case you can't be disrespecting my. Oh guy, shit! <laughs> nah, I'm not having that, bro. <laughs> nah, nah. Oh yeah, his name's I'm Case. Not, I'm not having that, bro. I'm not having that. Nope. Listen, not you're not. That. You're not hearing me, bro. You're not hearing me. I'm saying, Sean Garrett was trying to be him. He's not on that level. Does that now sound different to you? Yeah, yeah you know, you know, what, you know what I'm not even. Gonna, you know what that singing game is not for everyone, and you, you can be good, but then there's great in it. There's good and then there's great singers. So you know, what I mean, it, your production team is a, is a part of that. The music that you choose, the kind of content that you kind of start. I point. I just himself. Mm. Mm. But Garrett is trash. Like, like you, you, you got uh, people that both write stuff like that and try to do the singing thing. Who was it? Uh, uh, what's Christina Million? She tried to come. She was the ghostwriter. Tried to come out doing the, the album thing. I Even don't. I, she's got a stigma about her. Her vocals are solid. Mm. Uh, but you ain't gonna tell me. Mm. You serious right now, bro? Bro, let me say something. Let me say something. And I'm about to say this with my chest, bro. I don't give a damn. If you want to talk about overrated vocals, yeah, someone that's good. Good vocals but still overrated. Is that possible? Go on. Yeah, go on. Beyonce. You know, I've never, I've never, I've, you know, I've, I've never been a Beyonce fan. 
So I'm not. You know, it's different. People don't understand. There's Beyonce songs that I like, but I can count them. But how many hundreds of songs does she have? She don't appeal to me like that. Bro, she. Thing is, yeah, and people don't people don't get it in it. Beyonce. Beyonce wouldn't be Beyonce without Destiny Child. And then Destiny Child, like. But that's the thing. Destiny's Child is the genesis for all of this, bro. Kelly Rowland, for me. I could listen to Kelly Rowland for a lot longer in the day than Beyonce. Yeah, and I think Michelle Williams the, is quiet for you, my girl. I don't know. I think the Toy Lockett was good as well. I don't know, bro. I think she had barely a few, heard her. No, no, she had a, she had a few good songs, but however, like that Destiny Child thing was set up to be just Beyonce propelling it. The plan was obviously for her to go solo on this thing, bro. Yeah, it was made by her dad. Do you get what I'm saying? That's like going to flipping, you know, the prep school that Julian Newman's dad started. Like, what do you think is going to happen? So, yeah, man, it kind of stayed. But now with her music, it's not, she's not singing that much no more. It's like, she's just like a female Jay-Z, bro. Like, all he does is write her bars and then she just spits it out. Like, no, but I'm saying even the songs where she's singing, singing, it, it don't move me like that, yo. It's not, it's not R&B per se. You know what I mean? When they say that she's the queen of R&B, I'm like, you're disrespecting like, Did Mary J die? Bruh. You know? I'm like, bruh. <laughs> I'm like, bruh. Like, Mary J. You know who else is mad annoying with the vocals? Oh, for fuck's sake. Tony Braxton. <sighs> she's just mad breathing heavy into the mic, bruv. I don't know. Tony Braxton's a weird one, isn't it? Like she's got one or two good songs. You like, yeah, okay, she did good, and then she'll come and she'll bring some deadness. Then a personal relationship. Who she? Who she? She was dating last when she was baby. <laughs> <laughs> she, bro, how did that happen? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How did that happen? You know what I'm saying? This shit don't make no sense. Uh, baby, and like, how did that happen? You okay. know when you look at two people who should never even meet. Not even. They didn't even. They shouldn't even cross paths. Bro, what the fuck? It shouldn't even cross paths. I mean, big, big, big bad boy baby, put some respect on my name. <laughs> that was the greatest moment in black radio history, right there. That shit, that shit was hilarious, bro. Like, when he came, pulled up with twenty goons. Yeah, he came on a crunch shit. He came on crunch shit. He came on crunch shit. He came on when crunch my shit. name come up, I want you to put some respect on it. And the thing is, it wasn't just. Everybody was gunning him. You get what I'm saying? It wasn't even just them. Like, this is what Charlemagne was saying. Is like, why are you mad at me? What? Okay, out of everybody you could have pulled up on, you're pulling up on me first. And man, openly said on air now. There's a couple of times I could have came at him. He said all three of y'all, including Angela Yee. Anyone can get it. There's a couple of times I've seen you. I could have came on you, man. You know what I mean? Came at you. I was like, oh shit, is that a man? But, but, but listen, listen, listen. I ain't dunk. That was gangster dunk. You know. <laughs> I said, yeah. Is this how man's talking about running off a man, yeah? Uh, yo, listen. If, if you want to talk gangster, there's only one man that comes to mind when it comes to that shit, bro. And I'm saying it. Suge Knight, bro. That guy is a villain, bro. Suge Knight is... Bro, the guy's a villain, bro. I don't give a damn. The shit that he used to do... Bro. Bro, you got it's man like all rumours. I'm not believing that you hung a man out of the window. I'm not having it. Oh, Vanilla Ice, he did it, I'm bro. Not having it. He did it. Bro, even Vanilla Ice will actually tell you, bro. The man hung him upside down, bro. He said, "Yo, man, give it up." You know what I mean? You seen the footage of him running over man, blood in a car park, like it was nothing. 
Oh, he was under pressure that he had to get out. I'm sorry. If he didn't do that, it was done for him. Bro. Like, did you, did you deep the situation? I didn't see, all I saw is that he went in there, ran man over, I think he, did, he knocked someone else over as well, didn't Bro, he? Bro, was, he was hemmed in, he was trapped. He, that was his only option to get out, or it was done for him. Dude, that was on some shit, bro. Like, I think nah, if anyone in their right mind, people don't. They, I don't know why people don't see this guy for what he actually is out there. But leave Percy Miller alone. Master P's a killer, blood. Oh, P, P's low key, though. You know, nah, P, he's, P, is his brother not in jail on his rap? Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Still the shocker, bro. Stop playing with that guy. Your, and your other brother's called C Murder. Silk the Shocker, you know. <laughs> Actually, there's one Silk the Shocker song that I like. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's called That's Cool. Silk the Shocker, bro. That guy here is funny. He's, he's alright. He's alright. He's alright. Silk the Shocker is funny, man. And see murder, you know. See, so why would you play with them guys? Mm-hmm. And this. Yeah. Silk the shock. <laughs> Here it is. It's called That's Cool. It's it's actually a uh, um a very as you can imagine. When's the last time he dropped it? It's got Trina on it. Um, Trina. Yeah. Trina still even rap. Does she still rap? Ain't Trina done though. Who was she arguing with last week, bro? She was arguing with someone. I don't. I don't even know. She was arguing with someone. Trina's not that person anymore, but she ain't about that life, bro. Who's the my neck? My back. They were arguing. I don't know who that is. See stuff like that. That's with see that don't even come into rap though. That's like uh what they call it? Uh, that's strip that's club music, music bro. Strip club music, right? I still that feel. I'll even throw that. That falls into Miami bass. If anybody knows what Miami, Miami bass, the uh, go go music. Yeah, that's that's that kind of music. Miami bass. Yeah. yeah. Everybody get on the floor. Everybody get on the floor. You don't want none. No, no, you don't want none. <laughs> for those, <laughs> but yeah, but for those who don't know, Miami bass just. Uh, an example is Ghost Town DJ's My Boo. That would probably be the one that you probably be the most familiar with. And Shorty Swing It My Way. Do you remember that? Shorty Swing yeah. It My Way. Yeah. Ghost Town yeah, DJ's. Yeah, Ghost Town DJ's and Shorty Swing It My Way. Uncle Luke. Yeah. That's what you just just don't even get along with it. Just go your Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Uncle Luke. Or KP and yeah, KP and MV, those are the ones that you'd understand in terms of that Miami Bass sector, but it didn't really kind of blow because I think I think Miami Bass kind of it got taken did, over. Though. That's the mad part. It did. It got taken over by I think with the what is it what, is it, what they call it reggaeton and everything there. Oh reggaeton. Have you what have you noticed something? You ever listen to any reggaeton, bro? I don't listen to no but Tell me why red why, why pitbulls worth so much money. <laughs> Oh, he's not a reggaeton artist anymore. He never actually was a yeah, reggaeton. Yeah, but why is he worth so much money? Uh, reggaeton, Pipple's Cuban, you see. Reggaeton is Puerto Rican. And here's the thing about reggaeton. And that this is this is your homework when we finish this case. Yeah. Like, search five random reggaeton songs. I don't care what they're called. Who sing? Five random reggaeton songs. 
yeah? And listen to the instrumental. They all sound the same. You know that a song cannot be called reggaeton unless the instrumental is yeah. based on Shabarank's Dembo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was I watching? Who was I watching the other day? Um, dubstep. What do you call it? Reggae dubstep. I don't know. That shit is mad. That yeah. Shit. So any, you know how tequila has to come from Mexico for it to be called tequila. Yeah. <laughs> if your instrumental isn't based on that Shabarang's track, then Bobo, it's not reggaeton. <laughs> so they all have that structure that do, every last song because yeah, that's it. like it's music in your genre, bro, in your library, isn't it? Yeah, it's in your library. Huh? It's music in your library. Now nah, I've just got good ears, brother. Whatever. So, Greg, let's talk about this. Your uh, Team's back in action this week, bro. What are you saying? Is this what we're doing, bro? I'm, I'm just this. You know what? Let's let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Look, this is preseason in all, you know, to all intents and purposes. This is preseason. He's talking about the Premier League. Arsenal played what was it? Brentwood the other day. Brentford the other day. Forget about that. Like it's a friendly. You know what? And I'm gonna back the Arsenal on that one. And bro, you are doing some shit that you don't normally do in that game. I'm just taking the piss. So, right, so where was this energy when I was saying that? No, I was getting at you before. Yeah, but I was actually, when, when someone tried to post it to give smoke, because someone actually tried to post it to give smoke, I was going to say, you know what, yeah? I'm not an Arsenal fan, but they were taking the piss. Like, that with the weed and your, all your defenders were taking that piss. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but the main thing is that's how David stays, though. But, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, it's... It, does, for some people in the media, losing to Brentford is losing to Brentford, bro. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, look, I don't know. I've not heard these guys have been in some remote training camp underground doing all kind of cyborg shit for Man City, and nobody heard nothing about them. <laughs> That's true. Like it's less than a week now. They've obviously been getting ready, but where and how? Oh, I wish I knew, but oh, they're gonna come back low key. Shit, bro, I'm looking at a six nil. They've been low key in there. They've been in the lab, low key. But you know what? I think because of the, obviously with the whole bag from Europe situation, there's a another element to it, which is like a, a don't give a shit. Nah, but you know they've got a chip on their shoulder because of that. You know how it goes when when the authorities are against your team. There's that siege mentality. Well, we hope so. We hope so. You don't. Man gives a bro. I don't care what they do. In it. Like, it's not like they're catching us, is it? Like they're not catching my team. How many points? Uh, Twenty-five, bro. <laughs> they're not catching my team, bro. That's impossible. You don't need twenty-five points. Oh, how many do we need? Yeah. Oh, bro. All the city. Oh, if city loses their next game, that's it. <laughs> don't need any. <laughs> you need three points to wrap up the title. Bro. So if you win. Okay, let's call it six, right? Four. Let's call it six. I'll call it four. Well, four points would mean that you had to win. City loser wouldn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, go on. So, all that's happened now is you just have to...
beat the worst team remaining on your schedule and you're done. Because everyone else is going to draw points, you're going to draw points, everyone's going to drop points. But all you have to do is beat the worst team you're going to play. We take it one step at a time right now, you know, like I said in it, right? But see what the pressure the pre- even though the pressure's on us, it's probably everyone else in it because nobody wants to see Liverpool win. And let's just keep Don't it real. say that bro. I've already bro. told you. Don't All right, say that. By yourself then. Nobody wants to see Liverpool win, bro. Like, no, it's only United fans, yeah? Because they've been talking the wettest shit forever. And, and they fact- know, they know the second that, that result comes through, it's late for them. Can suck an egg roll sitting there in fifth place, 30 points behind us. What's that, bro? <laughs> I mean, forget all that because they can still get overtaken by Wolves and Sheffield United. What's that? Wolves isn't a bad team, don't be talking like that. No, Wolves is clean, and you know what? I'm gonna say as well, Sheffield United is playing tremendous. Sheffield United is playing tremendous, bro. Bro, Sheffield United is results better. Dire to watch. Sheffield United's got a better defence than Man United. Sheffield United's got one of the best defences in the league, but they're, they're unwatchable, bro. It don't matter, it works. They've got the second best defence in the league, bro. Second best behind us. So here's what I don't understand. Why are we playing on a Wednesday, bro? Bro, they got to wrap it up. they got to wrap it up as quick as they can, remember that, because they're trying to get the season started close to normal time as possible. And you know the games that I hate are these ones, Tottenham Man United. I hate both of them, man. Fuck them. So, um, uh, imagine you've got me rooting for a draw. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's interesting. You know what? On Sunday. Is it a derby on Sunday? No, we're not Merseyside derby. The first swear game. down, it's a derby. Is it the first? Is that my first game back? Yeah, swear down, it's a derby. Yeah, Let me check. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sunday, seven, seven o'clock on a Sunday. Oh, right, that. Back. You know what? Everton man are gonna be sick. They're going to be sick, bro. Imagine they can't. No, they can't deal with you guys winning the title on their gaff. Well, it's either that. If we either win it on their gaff or we win it at home, innit? It's one of the two. You know you'd rather win it at Everton's gaff, though. Bro, it's, it's, it's sorting the wounds, innit? For me right now, I'll be honest, football, you know what I mean? Football on that side, I'm happy that there's some, some sport left to watch. You get what I'm saying? Some, some sport left to watch. Right. I've really seen cool. Arsenal win the title at White Hart Lane and the Old Trafford so <laughs> I know that there's extra juice with that you know what I'm saying it's always going to be extra juice winning on your, on your rival's court man you know that it's always going to be that you yep. know what I mean yep. always going to be that let me tell you a story right so last title that Arsenal won was 2004 the Invincibles right right I'm ignorant you bro you know just I used to like provoking people I still do hmm Full time, man throws on his Arsenal jersey. I jump out, walking straight down the road, bro. In my Arsenal jersey. Where do I live? <laughs> You're so idiot. this one guy, bro. <laughs> and I seen him. Man, he starts shaking his fist, swerves the car, bro. Almost mounts the car. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Miley, you know, you man. This what I see. That's what I say. Even me, a kid that Liverpool shit, low key, bro. I'm, I'm way out of jurisdiction, bro. Like, you bro say it with your chest. I'm way out of jurisdiction with that shit, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Say it with your chest, brother. You got to. Bro. Shit don't happen often. I'm way out of jurisdiction with that shit, bro. Like, God, actually, damn, it's been 16 years. Damn. Don't worry about my team, innit? 
No, not your team. My team. Your team has been longer than that. Yeah, don't worry about my team, innit? Like I said, we had our we had our time, innit? Our time was longer than yours has ever been. You know what I'm saying? Relax yourself, bro. Listen, well, my friend went. Necessary. Look, my friend went to a, my friend went. You know, like you go to these football tours, and I think the longest tour I've been on in the stadium was Barcelona. Barcelona took me two and a half hours to go through that whole stadium, the whole tour of the trophies and stuff like that. So tell me why when my friend went to Arsenal, he was in and out with thirty-five minutes, bro. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Is that really what you're doing today, Case? <laughs> that was the quick tour, bro. Nothing in there, bro. That hollow cabinet, bro. There's nothing in there, bro. <laughs> bro, you, and you know the wickedest thing about Arsenal, right? You might not have the Emirates Cup. The Emirates Cup, bro. And that don't even stay at home, bro. You know what I'm saying? The Emirates Cup, bro. That's something that was designed for you, man, there. Uh, 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 uh. Behave yourself. Only lost it once. Bro, listen to what you're, you're claiming. Emirates Cup, bro. No, listen, bro. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. What you're trying to do is, in it? But I'm saying, since you're trying to make that point, I don't care about the Emirates Cup. But since you're making the point, they only lost it once. It's a trash cup, bro. Like it's a trash cup, and you, man, is holding on to that. You'd probably get a more crowd in them games. Then you get in some of your games in the league. I see, this is what you do. Yeah, well, here's what you're doing. All right. So let me let me let me just ask you something. Mm. How many top flight titles do Arsenal have? Uh, what, six, four, three. Uh-huh. That's how uninformed you are. You got no you got no leg to talk to me, bro. I don't care, but you you want I you want Thirteen. Thirteen. Yes. That's a stretch. Let's check this out. Oh, here we go. Before you check, if it's 13, then what? Then what? Hmm? If it's 13, then what? <sighs> See, I don't... Alright, fair enough. You don't get to be wrong and strong, bro. Alright, alright. Fair enough. I was no higher than 13 enough. Alright. Right. How many FA Cups? Alright, you don't hold the record for that, I believe. Yeah, 13. Mm. You hold the record for that. I know that. I don't ask for how the record for them. Fumbled our chance in the Champions League. Yeah. I don't see you not getting Champions and getting sent off in the first half. Who, who does that? I don't see you not getting back to the Champions League anytime soon. Relax yourself, bro. It's gonna happen. But check this out. Arsenal yeah. is the only professional team in existence right now in the UK to have never been relegated from any level. Are we talking about Arsenal or are we talking about Arsenal Woolwich? The whole thing, bro. Uh, remember, you are technically South team, innit? I just want you to know that for the record, bro. And then, we, then man moved to North London and dominated. What are they going to do about it? Stay, stay, stay strong to your roots, innit? What are they going to do about it, bro? Came, came to Woolwich. your ends, came to your ends and were more successful in your ends than you, Tottenham, man. So now we're... Yeah, that was for you, Sterling, still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sterling will eat that, though. Sterling will eat that. Sterling will eat that. Nah, it's coming for me, you know. He, he will come for you. Sterling will eat that. Because <laughs> you know what? As much as you like chatting that shit about Tottenham, Tottenham's winning right now. They ain't about to do nothing with it, bro. They're winning right now, bro. You they're know, winning. they have that one year every decade where they're nice. They're winning right now. They have Arthur. that one year every decade, and they've, they've they've already got theirs out of the way early, so the rest of this decade is long for them. And you know, what I mean, I don't know, I don't know if they're on a rise to be honest, because 
Pochettino was good for them, innit? Pochettino was good for them. So, he was, yeah. but do you, like, I don't know the feeling him. sometimes that, you know, this is as good as it's going to get. You yeah, know what I mean? I don't think Mourinho's a good answer for no, that. cancer, bro. Bro, he's a football slag, bro. Like, how how's one manager going around beating top flight clubs like this, bro? Let, let, wait, let's go. Porto, Chelsea, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, United. Wait, wait, wait. Was it, you know, Chelsea again? Then United. Then Tottenham. And I guarantee after that, bro. I guarantee after. Oh, Barcelona? Did he go Barcelona? No, he was. So he was at Barcelona with Sir Bobby Robson back in the day as oh, yeah, his interpreter right, yeah. and assistant coach. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, that's right. Bro, so, I've never known a man go around so many top flight clubs, bro. So and leave guy. them all burning. Bro. So you got him that goes around the top flight clubs burning him, and then you got. Man like uh, what's his name? Um, Ancelotti that comes and saves them, blood. But then, but then Pep, Pep, Barcelona, Munich, man, City. That guy's always had a budget, you know. Yeah, but then you got Ancelotti will come and kind of restore stability to a club and say I'm gone now. That's it. You're good. You know who's underrated as a manager in terms of that is uh, Benitez. Yeah, you know what, I think if Benitez has kind of, you know, you know the problem with Benitez, I'll tell you what the problem with Benitez is, um, and I like him, but you know the thing is, he's a, a power control freak, so at Liverpool, the only reason why he wanted to, the he only hasn't reason why he failed you yet, case, so. No, 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 but what it is, at Liverpool, he was, no, he was, he was, he was fantastic, but he had to have control of everything. And it worked? No, but it didn't work for Newcastle. Because they never gave it to him properly. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say about him is... Imagine Malik actually relinquishing contract. Are you dumb? Yeah, he would honour a contract. He would never break a contract. He would never break a contract. He would honour his contract. Like, like, deep it, bro. Liverpool, when he started after Gerard Houllier, was on shaky ground. Mm-hmm. He brought stability. He built a team. No, but then he made bad moves. When you were trying to sell Xavi Alonso for Gareth Barry, bro... Come on, bro. Thing is, Gareth Perry wasn't actually who he wanted. He couldn't get Scott Parker. Bro, even if he couldn't get Scott Parker, Xavier Alonso? Nah. Scott Parker could have filled that role at his prime. Yeah. At his prime, but Zabby, bro, you have to understand, Zabby was a passing maestro, bro. Like, hands down. Like, he was a centre midfielder. It's like, not, no, I'm saying it's not wrong that he wanted to move on because he was getting on in age and he was already slow as it was. But it's the fact that. He did it before he got in the guy that he wanted to get. Like, if he was targeting Scott Parker and you can't get Scott Parker, abandon ship, bro. But if you get in Scott Parker like you wanted, okay, now we can move on from Shelby Alonso. But not for Gareth Barry, as you said. So, you know what I mean? But like I said, the, the whole... I'm not, like I said, I think Benitez is a great manager and stuff like that, but again, um, it's the thing I think he takes on a bit too much I think the whole getting control of everything it's not going to keep everyone happy bro you've got to have guys that run certain parts and it's leading to it so you know what I mean is it about keeping people happy or being effective well it is about being effective you're right you know what I mean because remember this isn't like the, the environment we've got in British basketball where people just want to be kept happy this is professional football bro 
it's all about that bottom line there. Let's not get started on British basketball. It's a conversation for another day, don't watch that. But yeah. imagine this. Um, having well, ultimate control of Liverpool worked. Having ultimate control of Valencia before that worked. Mm. Yeah. Where did he go after? But Newcastle Na- wasn't... Was Napoli? Was it Napoli? Was it Napoli or was it... I can't remember where he went. But his style... His style, where he's been allowed to cook, has not failed. Bro, imagine Valencia winning a title in Spain, bro. There's Real Madrid and Barcelona over there. Yeah. I just feel like... Newcastle was never going to be a good fit for him at all. That's like giving a man a trash team and say, yeah, just bring out the magic. That It was never going to be. Funny you say that. Mm. There's been the conversation um, over the last couple of weeks about uh, Raheem Sterling started it, I think. Mm. Was it Raheem Sterling? About black football managers. Mm. Uh, I can't remember properly, yeah? But I think Chris Hewton was the last black Premier League manager, right? Chris Hewton, manager, yeah. Uh, Brighton. Brighton then. Who was he? Brighton? He went Brighton. Yeah, he, was he was Brighton. He did Norwich. He did Newcastle. Norwich and he did Newcastle. Thing now, is, he, they, they done it wrong. They done it wrong. They did it wrong. But my question is, this is what I'm getting to. Who was the last one before him? Wasn't it the uh, guy that used to play for Charlton? That wasn't in the Premier League. That wasn't in the Premier League. You said black football managers, you didn't say Premier League. My fault, in the Premier League. I can't remember if it was before. I'm pretty sure. Was it not Jean Tigana? At Fulham? Could be. Not too. I, I may be getting this wrong. I'm sure between John Tigana and Chris Hewton there was nobody. Mm. So the question becomes so what you were saying is Frankie Lampard, Steven Gerrard get these sort of blue ticket jobs straight off the bat. But guys like Saul Campbell, it's not that they where they end up it's in they get jobs in failing clubs already so you're already set up for failure and more often than not that's their one chance that they're gonna get you know what i'm saying yeah so imagine that like you you go to what was it wickham or mansfield these are clubs that are actually traditionally failing traditionally failing yeah. It's it's a bad situation for any manager to walk into. But if you stop and think that by evidence black managers in Premier in British football generally get that one chance, maybe one after that. Yeah. You know, you don't get many chances to fail. How many jobs has uh Steve what's his name? Neil Warnock had? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he selects his shit. Like, but the fact he gets the chance to. Mm-hmm. Man goes from job to 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 job. Bear. 
Ian Dowie did that for long. Mick McCarthy did that for long. Yeah, Where's no, the last time Paul Ince managed anybody? What was it? Where did he go? Did he was? Where was he at? He was at uh, Blackburn. 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 Did he go Burton or something like that? I know he went to somewhere else. He didn't get a stellar Middlesbrough as well. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, like that, sorry. that is a difficult situation to get into. Like you want to have a manager job, so you take that lower league job and stuff like that because you want to be in but like I said the house is already burning yeah he was at not water about Macclesfield Town Milton Keen Dons Blackburn Milton Keen right Don now again. he actually did a good job at MK Notts County and Blackpool was his last managerial job at Blackpool that was in 2014 for a year I don't know how good these guys are or aren't as managers, but it's about the opportunity. Yeah, no, no I agree with that. I feel like the, the opportunity isn't the same. Um, you know, I mean, you can have a prospect like, uh, and, and I, like I said, I got no nothing against Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe is a great manager, but what makes him any different from uh, Darren Moore, who was at West Brom, or uh, or like you said, Chris Hugh, Chris Powell, or any of these other guys that that went on the path even Sol Campbell you know what I mean all of these guys got their badges in the same time I wasn't right an opportunity to take a look like how long had uh, Frank Lampard been retired before he got his job yeah but we know without no disrespect with Lampard it was kind of there and waiting in a sense but that's kind of the point I'm making case yeah yeah it was there and waiting, and even with uh, Gerard, you know what I mean? He was grooming, they were grooming him to be the future Liverpool manager. Saying, right? people like, you see them at their clubs, like John Terry, did. but because they're leaders at their club, right, they feel like you can fast track these guys, right? Mm. Didn't uh, Southgate. What about Sal- Rio Ferdinand? Not that he's shown interest for instance, but Saul Campbell, yeah. leader at his club, guys like this. Uh, Chris Powell, like you said, leader at his club. All these guys who were leading the poor ins was the governor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, obviously a leader at his club. So, so why aren't they groomed before the end of their playing careers for these positions? I think with the in situation, that kind of went to shit the moment that he decided to leave Man United and go to Liverpool. I think that was so against him. Well, it didn't happen like that. He went from Man United into Milan to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But it's a rivalry in the least, isn't it? It's a rival, isn't it? Yeah, but what do you want him to do? He obviously left um, the UK mm. to play in Italy because at the time, if you wanted big money, you were playing for Italian yeah, yeah. clubs. Yeah. You know, guys were playing for Sampdoria, Lazio, Napoli. Mm. Mm. You know, them clubs there. Because that's where the big money was at. When it's time to return to the Premier League, one, could United afford to pay the transfer fee? Did they want to? Did they have room for him in the team? How do you stop him from going to the club that's giving him an opportunity? Yeah. You know, you can't hold that against the guy. 
and it's the mad thing it's like it's the Ray Allen thing with the Celtics yeah nah come on man I think the whole aspect if someone wants to move like, it should never be a front upon situation you know what I mean because at the end of the day it's, it's, it's their personal consideration of what they want to do you know what I mean and if it's a situation where you know what if a guy wants to make a move because he wants to win a championship, he shouldn't be scorned about it because he feels like a team's in a better position to put it in. Given that, he shouldn't be scorned about it. If a guy wants to move because it's it's it could be money based because you're in your latter years, shouldn't be nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's it's your choice, isn't it? It's, it's your choice. Yeah, and you know I mean? for me, the Celtic situation is the most hypocritical thing, but because they. Apart from Paul Pierce, who was already there, they all came together from elsewhere to form that team to win that title. Mm. Right? So, how can you get mad at this guy for doing what you've already done before? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a bit of a bad departure in that sense. I mean, and it shouldn't have been held in that manner. Like, you know what I mean? The guy was. You know what I mean? He got an opportunity to do something, you know what I mean, where they were going to look after him, and, and he went for it. And there's, there's no harm and no foul. Even up to now with the Kevin Durant thing, like, people call him a snake for what he did. Bro, the guy said he wanted to win a championship. He went to a program that provided that. You know what I'm saying? All these guys here yeah, are liars because I'm just going to talk to the people we know. Mm. Can't speak for anyone else. You know these same guys that will come to a scrimmage on a Monday night, for instance and try and stack their teams but they want to act like KD was wrong for going to a stacked team that he happened to be the you know he was finals MVP twice he wasn't a passenger he he was leading on that team as a performer yeah Yeah. so all you same guys that talk that shit shut up we know who you are and you know how you do it you will come yo 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 no, 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 let's just make this team, let's get us on the team that when we, we stay on court all night. That's you, 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 you're the guys that do that. Hey you guys, guys that. Are talking about KD. Hey guys, like that. Hey guys, like that. Like, just play, innit? Let's just play. It don't matter who you're going up against, just play. Prove your worth. Fact, why don't you jump on what looks like the worst team and be that guy if you're that guy? Well, this is the thing, like, and, and you know what, like I said, you, you touched on a good point about this stacking thing, because even... When we used to go like do the midnight madnesses, you you were there. You saw how guys used to do it, bro. They used to that it. shit was mad corrupt, you know. But but the thing is, right? When people used to stack their team on midnight madness, what they didn't realize is statistically, you're suffering. You're not yeah. Statistically, you're suffering. Because it's not about the team winning. You get me? It's about no, it your stats. Exactly. Ball without bias. <laughs> bro, I'm not gonna say anything about it because. Um, I don't even know why I brought that up. That's none of my business. You know what I mean? Like I said, <laughs> me, um, it was a platform, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a platform that worked well and kind of got a lot of people exposure um, and stuff like that. But like I said, the whole stacking the the team, it wasn't about the stacking the team because if you stack the team, you're winning like five points for the game, but you're not doing anything as individual statistics. Like, you know what I mean? Getting your... Yeah, your rebounds and your assists and your degree of difficulty you weren't getting them. but if you go and on the people, team, that has to people work. only decide to hold it against certain people at certain points like Gary Payton was ring chasing to end his career mm. right he jumped on a Lakers team that was by name crazy stacked what did you have there you had Kobe you had Carmelo, you had Gary Payton mad people on that team 
didn't work out for them. They ran into Detroit. Mm. Yeah. Then Gary Payne jumps from there to Miami, where he finally won his ring in 2006. Is it a tainted ring? I've never heard anyone say that. When Charles Barty was jumping from here to there to there to there to there to there to try and get a ring, of course it didn't happen for him, but would he have been tainted? Scotty Pippen, after he left the Bulls from the Rockets to the Trailblazers, would he have been, would his seventh ring have been tainted? When is the first time you're meant to be allowed to go ring chasing? Keep it whenever you want. Because that's, according to you, man, that's the whole reason for playing. So why do you care how someone gets it? The only way you could turn around and say to someone that they're ring chasing and they don't deserve it if they don't contribute. You know what I mean? If you don't contribute, well, you pick no, up. No, that's wrong because you have to, you have to look at it at a wide angle view. Because what do you mean by doing contribute? When I mean contribute, I mean like just sitting on just sitting on the bench doing shit. Like don't do well, nothing. Right. Um so you do they do these guys only play games or do they practice? I get that. Are they getting better against? I get that. So I'm that. saying that's why I reject that notion. Jeremy Lin is an NBA champion, Rude Boy. And I swear to you, there's nobody I am happier for ever to win an NBA title than Jeremy Lin. Because he's been done dirty in the league for yeah, a very long time. I, I, I stand by that. I stand by the argument. He's my fate. Honestly, that's the one person whose title I celebrated more than any other. Don't care what you man say about he was on the bench. Okay. Like, he came out of nowhere. He was sleeping on Landry Fields couch, bro. Mm. Just to be on a roster. Comes in and he's patterning up the league. And then Lin Sanity ends because Melo wants touches. And then, bit by bit, he's, you know, he just gets pushed out of the league. Nah, man. Nah. I think it's unfortunate for him to be fair. Oh, like, this, that documentary is actually, as much as it's a celebration of Linsanity, it's heartbreaking to see that he just can't get an opportunity based on his merits. Mm. Like, oh, it's, I'm, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but Linsanity on Netflix is, a, is such a good watch. Such a good watch. Because even... He went to an Ivy League school, bro. Yeah, yeah. He went to an Ivy League school. Now, obviously, they don't they, they don't scout out Ivy League basketball, so they didn't really know nothing about him. Mm. To judge a player at a combine that you've not seen play is very unfair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you've not had a good look. And the fact of the matter is, some players are gamers. Some players look trash in workouts, but are awesome in games. Some players are awesome in workouts, trash in games. Yeah. You know, so he he's he's definitely been done very dirty in the league. But you know, he the, the day he was was it Charlotte who cut him? Like he cried, bro. That was he's like this is the end of my NBA career. He cried. That's how much it meant to him. He's not, he's not, he's, the thing is, he's not, he's not a shit player. Like, people need to respect, he's not a shit player at all. Look at the people he was giving buckets during that run. 
You know what I'm saying? And we're not talking light work. We're talking thirties. Mm. Come on. Yeah, man. Easy work. Yeah, man. Well, like, and I say, as I say, opportunity is so important, bro. Mm. Just as an example. <laughs> what year was it that you had the first black goal scorer for England in international football? I was going to say it's in the 80s. I didn't know what year it was. I was going to say the 80s. Do you know how recent that is? That's not that long ago. Are you so... Is that to say there's been no international quality goal scorers but black players that could have been representing England until 1982? Well... Or it's just not picked. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I hate that. I actually do not have no love for this guy, but John Barnes. John Barnes was good, bro. I'm not talking about John Barnes the footballer. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck John Barnes, but John Barnes the footballer, yeah. As skilled as he was, how did they describe him? I don't know. John Barnes is good though. Powerful, athletic. These, these descriptors, bro. Like, I, John Barnes was more skillful than Ryan Giggs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You ain't never heard nobody describe Ryan Giggs as powerful. <laughs> he wasn't, bro. I. D- you know what? I don't, you know what? I don't care what Man United fan want to say. Ryan Giggs wasn't that. I don't think he was that good. It was all right, you know. I don't think he was that good, bro. He can drill. Yeah, of course. He gave us that one goal in the uh, semi-final. That of the still FA wasn't quality. It was messy, bro. It wasn't like. It was messy. It was. It was messy. It wasn't quality like messy running through man. It was like just a run, and he just. You get what I'm saying? He wiggled through. That's different. That's not quality. That's just he made a run. It's like. Nah, I'm sorry. Anyway, I have to take you here. I have to. I have to, Kate, because <sighs> Cristiano or Messi. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say Messi. Do you know why? I think everything's a bit more natural with him. Like his the way he plays and goes about the game. Oh, hold on. See, something in the back of my head knew you were going to say something like that as if it's what? a bad thing on Ronaldo's part, right? No, no, I, bro, it's not that. Obviously, Ronaldo's he's always been that person that knows his skill or whatever. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, since he's got older, he's matured into roles differently and adapted to roles differently, and I get that, yeah? The mentality, though, like, I would say the mentality of Messi and the way he goes about things is the same as Federer. I'm going to challenge that. Go on. I think Messi is a fair weather. Why so? The most obvious thing I can say is every time he's ultimately failed with Argentina, he quits straight after it. How many times has he retired? 
internationally. No, 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 but that's football, right? Yeah. In- Hang on. Internationally, okay. He's never been on a bad Barcelona team. Right. Ronaldo was on some average United teams, you know. Patterning. Those early Real Madrid teams Ronaldo was on, first when he was wearing number nine and a couple years when he first got number seven, were average. Patterning. They only started to get good around 2010 to 2014. Yeah? Not even then, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 2014 to 2018, my fault. Those those Listen. Real Madrid teams, 2014 Listen. to 2018 is when they started getting good. Listen, Ronaldo's always going to get the one-up on Messi for the fact that he's been to different clubs, isn't it? Not even the different clubs thing. It's well, it the is. teams he was on, not the All right, but that's what I'm saying, he's, he's proven himself Premiership, which is deemed to be the best league, he's going to Italy, done the same thing, he's going to Spain, done the same thing. So he's proven himself with these teams, and Messi's kind of stayed in the same situation, which is he's been comfortable. Let's just keep it real. He's yeah, that's fine. It's stay at the club, but if Barcelona had ever had a down year in terms of talent and he's doing what he's doing, I'd give him that. Ronaldo was at Real Madrid for what nine years? Mm. They weren't always good, Michael. What's this, bro? Why are you saying it like that? What's up? What? Why are you saying my name like that, bro? That hurt my feelings, bro. He said, Michael. Yo, we're going to talk about this later. (laughs) 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 Them Real Madrid teams weren't always good. 2014 is when they started getting good. You hear me? Like, so, and the fact that, simple fact, this is a personal one. It doesn't matter to anybody else. My man is walking chuck full of steroids, bro. Who? Messi. Chuck full of steroids? Yeah. Okay. Where's the lie? I got nothing to say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Messi is a walking steroid. Now I understand he was taking therapeutic treatment for the quality of his life, uh, but are you telling me that hasn't benefited his football career? It's the definition of PEDs, bro. The dictionary definition of PEDs, because if he hadn't done that, he'd have never played football. Anyway, like I said, not that it matters to anybody else. This is me. Kiss my ass, you asked my opinion, I gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Little damn midget as well, man. Ronaldo, look at what Ronaldo looked like when he debuted for United and what he looks like now. That's the hardest working man in football. Bro, I'm not I'm not knocking his work ethic, bro. I'm just saying for me, like I just feel like football in itself comes more natural to Messi. That's all I'm saying. Would it have been natural without his drugs? Well, that's you saying that, innit? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you might be the only person that doesn't know that Messi was on a long course of um, HGH treatment as a youth. Paid for by Barcelona as well. It's not like it was just his parents that did it for him. Barcelona paid for this treatment. I don't want to tell you, bro. So, do that what you will. 
what you're saying because man was was on the drugs at an early age that's his advantage over okay but then the question really becomes simple like I said without that treatment does he play professional football maybe not so it's literally the definition of performance enhancing drugs this guy's a snake in it's what it is Ah, uh, see, it's all right. I'll take that. But you came with your knife to this gunfight, bro. <laughs> Y'all have my opinion. I gave it to it. Kiss my ass. That's oh, it. That's it. All right. Listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion, except for people that love John Bombs. Bro, like, like I said in it, my era, I grew up in that John Bombs era, innit? So he's what with man, anyway. You got loud, bro. I grew up in the era, bro. We just got loud. Alright. Just, just got right. like that, Any other business case? Any other business? Uh, no. No, no other business. Um, everyone out there doing everything. You know what I mean? Shout out to all the, uh, the entrepreneurs out there doing their thing. Yeah. trying to make a difference and stuff like that um, but no 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 standard reach outs at the moment um, so for you guys keep doing your thing I will say one thing now and as the 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 peak of this whole Black Lives Matter situation is well I don't know if it's peaked yet but as it's getting higher and, and more more attention and stuff like that again I will stress to those people who have jumped on the situation now I hope it's continuity and it's not just for the moment and that's all I can say about it absolutely and that's the thing I've said it already on a few different platforms it is a heavy issue it's hard to carry it if you get tired if you get jaded or you just can't deal with the mental strain of it holler at man bro I've got you I can do this for all of us I've got energy for them you know what I mean you know and as far as any other business is concerned uh, <laughs> the situation we were talking about in the pre-record I could address that but not yet I wanted to develop a little bit more yeah. and we might address it on next, next week's episode but it's, it's mad it's mad it is mad basketball community <laughs> certain manner under on, on pressure right now <laughs> we'll get to that we will get to yeah, that man. Stay tuned, stay tuned. Stay tuned, man. Yeah, but as usual, this is Greg right here at Coach NGM. Case. This is Mr. Case at Development Case. At them and their underscore pod. Find us wherever you got your, your podcast fix at. You know what time it is. 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. We're there. There, man. There. Boom, boom, boom. Blessings to all you people. Stay safe out there. Yeah, my little baby. Peace out. Peace, man. Peace.